It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie Elchi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. And today we are with Lauren Vaughn, CEO and founder of The Upside, Canada's largest online luxury resale retailer. Born and raised in a small town in Western Canada, Lauren developed her passion for the resale market when she moved to Paris and learned how to look chic on a budget. She recognized early there was a gap in the North American market for luxury resale and created the upside in 2015. So Lauren, welcome to the show and thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about how you actually got started and and how you became an entrepreneur and your journey to where you are now? Yes, I'd love to. So I mean, in the bio, you got kind of the Coles notes of how I started the upside, but that was really it. You know, I I went to University of Calgary, and I did my Bachelor of Commerce majoring in marketing. And throughout that, you know, being based in Calgary, it was very heavily focused in oil and gas. And I never really felt as though it it was a fit for me. Um, But again, I didn't know what that meant or what that looked like. And then throughout university, I started interning with a Canadian designer uh, named Paul Hardy. And he had done very well on the, especially, you know, on the Canadian circuit and as well went to New York and Toronto and Paris. So my internship granted me a lot of perks. And that was that I got to go to those places with him and really see a different market. Um, and I fell in love with Paris. So it was there that I decided to save everything, you know, that I had been able to work for like throughout university. And I bought a one-way ticket to Paris thinking I'm going to work in the fashion industry here. And, uh, it didn't quite work out that way. I was there for two years and I couldn't quite get a job good enough because my French was not good enough to stay. But it really did teach me how to, you know, be chic on a budget to still have that love and passion for great pieces and designer things, but um, how to be able to attain them at not a retail price. So I think it was that whole experience that really guided my entrepreneurship journey. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the upside and what the company is all about today? Yeah, so we started the upside three and a half years ago in my basement. And we have grown to be Canada's largest online luxury reseller. So the shortened version of that is where, you know, an online consignment store, but it was a a market at the time and still continues to be so that, you know, was very segmented. You had these kind of bricks and mortar consignment stores that didn't have, you know, the best customer journey. You can almost picture, you know, sifting through racks and racks and racks of overcrowded things and the smell of mothballs. But then you had, you know, this kind of resale market, which was up and coming, which was where you could get designer pieces at a fraction of the price. So it was really bringing the consignment aspect to an online marketplace to really elevate that customer journey. And so people could, you know, do it from the comfort of their own home. And so you're really essentially an international uh, retailer, but you're headquartered here in Calgary. And I'm wondering if you could Share your thoughts on what are the good things about doing business in Calgary? And on the flip side of that, you know, have there been challenges for you, especially in an industry which is maybe more centralized out of Toronto or Montreal or or New York City in North America? Yeah, so Calgary has been an interesting market. You know, it's been very good to us in that when we launched in January 2015, 
the economy was not great here and it's still not great. Um, but what that really did, we believe, is kind of made people, they're still going to buy. People are always going to buy what they want, but maybe think twice before walking into a major retailer and just paying full sticker price. And then on the flip side, you know, we have two clients, right? We have buyers and sellers. So we found there were a lot of people then and continue to be so that are maybe, maybe they don't need 10 Louis Vuittons in their, in their closet. Maybe they just need two, right? And they don't need the eight that are collecting dust. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but you know, it's just, I think people just realizing that if, if they're not wearing it or using it or loving it, or if it doesn't bring them joy, as Marie Kondo would say, that, you know, maybe I'm going to sell it and get something that I do really want to use. Thinking about your business and your experience about setting it up here in Calgary, do you have any advice to other aspiring entrepreneurs, both in your industry or even outside of that, as to, you know, what they should look for in starting a business here? I think, you know, it's so different. I I can't speak to other industries. Um, You know, my industry that there is a really... I would say it's quite small, but a very passionate kind of tech industry here and keeps growing. And I think if whatever industry you're looking to get into, I would just surround yourself with uh, people in that industry, other entrepreneurs, if you can find mentors, um, and just just to really understand the market and and what the obstacles are going to be and how you're going to need to overcome them. And so thinking about the upside and, and what you are doing these days, Lauren, what gets you most excited about your business? I think seeing people... Uh, we know that resale is growing 35% faster than retail. And so I think to me, seeing customers that either weren't a part of you know the consignment process before or are just recently getting educated on it and get really excited, you know, more and every day we really hear, you know, I've never consigned before, but I'm really interested in it or this is so great or you make it so easy. So turning people to understand the value of resale and what that can bring to your life as both when you're making investment into great pieces, how that you can get that investment back, um, how you can find, you know, great classic pieces, you know, that for a fraction of retail. It's just, I think that excitement from both sellers and buyers, and especially when it's their first time to a consignment process, really making it a positive one for them and making them want to continue to do that is something that really gets us excited. When you think of the future, do you have like some specific goals or vision that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah. So when we started, we were growing at about maybe 30 people a month, I would say, to our online platform. Uh, and we're growing at at least a thousand people a month. So it's really exciting. We're in, a, we're in a, a period of growth and that we're just, you know, we probably couldn't imagine it then. And now we're here and we're, we've outgrown our warehouse. You know, three and a half years ago, it was in my basement and then it went to a friend's empty basement that was bigger. And, uh, and then we went to this warehouse we're in now that has turned into a retail office warehouse space. And we've just outgrown that. So we're actually uh, in the process of moving to a 6,000 square foot warehouse. So this is a, it's a really big move for us. And we're, we're very excited. We think the market's ready in Calgary and Canada. And like you said, we are national. You know, we accept consignment from all over Canada because we pay for the shipping and then we sell to all over Canada and the U.S. as well. So just getting into a space that is very on brand and is something that, you know, we can picture ourselves in, in, you know, the next five years is something that's really exciting for us. And and just seeing that, you know, step-by-step growth, we really did bootstrap everything from the beginning and, um, you know, we're just ready to take that next leap. So that's a pretty exciting, scary, fun time that we're all really looking forward to. Well, and when you think about it, like just starting in in 2015 in a time that was quite challenging economically in Calgary, and now you've seen this growth and success, those numbers are very impressive. 
I'm sure you must have, though, also had challenges along the way. And I'm wondering if you could share maybe a lesson or two that you've learned um, in particular as you've grown your business and in a tougher time economically or even just, you know, going through that process for the first time. Yeah, I think um, a couple overall lessons, I would say, just like thinking umbrella lessons would, uh, you know, again, I think our industry is kind of recession proof because we're always going to see, you know, people selling and buying. And, you know, when times are tougher, I think people are more conscious of that. However, it hasn't been easy in Calgary, especially when you want to talk about um, looking to raise capital and, and grow your business. It's been very, very difficult outside of oil and gas. And even in oil and gas, there just isn't those investment dollars that there, there once was. And people have been more and more so gun shy to invest in industries maybe that they don't understand um, or just that they're not as comfortable with if they are going to invest. So being in Calgary, that I would say has been the biggest struggle. Um, as far as a lesson, you know, we've, we took things very slowly and, you know, it took us three and a half years to start to see the potential and the growth. So, you know, I think one lesson has been it, it's, it taught us a lot. You know, we didn't go out and raise capital right off the bat. Um, we, we really did bootstrap it to see if there was a market there. And I think we have three and a half years behind us to say, you know, of mistakes we've made, of things we've done right. And so now that we are looking to scale and grow and expand, I think we're really well prepared to do that. Shifting, I guess, to a few more personal questions, Lauren. I'm curious, we've talked about the, the pros and cons of doing business here in Calgary, but in terms of a place that you like to go to maybe either disconnect or get recharged for the next big opportunity, do you have a, a favorite spot here in the city that you like to go to? You know, in the summer, right? <laughs> I don't know if there's any favorite winter spaces, but uh, in the summer, like I love Stanley Beach is great or just there's, there are so many, I think, like great little parks and walking spaces and by the river that you really don't actually feel like you're in Calgary. Um, you can kind of be very central and, and, and just feel like you're, you're somewhere else and bring a picnic and, and kind of sit there with the kids or whatever that looks like. But, you know, we do have some really good restaurants, I think, you know, that we really need to focus on supporting local, especially in these times, it's really hard. And I think businesses are going to continue to to close down. So I, I'm, I'm a sommelier as well. Before I worked in fashion, I, I did do that. So I am um, I love wine. I love great mm. wine. And there's some really good restaurants, I think, in Calgary that just have wonderful wine lists and, and really good quality food. So I, I love to go over a nice dinner here as well. I think that those all sound wonderful. And um wondering, can you tell us what was the best advice that you've ever received, whether it was from a previous mentor or a family member or a professor? Is there something that you've kind of held true to yourself as you've gone through your career? I think something that we just closed um, a seed round capital raise kind of early in the in the year and something that really stuck with me and it got me through that raising raising capital is its own beast and it, it's very difficult. Um, some might say soul destroying is, is what I, you know, as a joke, but it's, um, it can be very hard and it's a whole different job. And it's something that I don't think you can be an entrepreneur and you can have a great idea and have a great business. But if you do look to go raise capital, it, it's a whole nother ballgame. Um, and I, I remember reading an article that Colonel Sanders or the founder of KFC, he got the answer no 177 times before he actually got the capital for his fried chicken recipe <laughs> to start his first restaurant. And I, um, I don't, you know, that just kind of stuck with me 177 times. So when I was going through this process and, and we were raising capital, every no that we got, you know, it was 177. So I had somehow told myself if I can just get to 177 and I didn't get to 177, which is great. 
But that was something just that I remember telling myself, it's not 177 yet, you just have to get there. So it was something that kind of kept me going because it can be very hard and discouraging um, when you're in that, that aspect of your business. Yeah, it's almost like you have to tell yourself, Every no gets you one step closer to yes, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally it. So I just kept saying, keep going. It's not 177, but it's the same thing. So I think that was that was really important to me. And then, you know, as you know, I think surrounding yourself with mentors is really big as well. The people that genuinely believe in you and, and want you to do well and that you can kind of bounce ideas off of because it's, it can be lonely. Thinking, you know, towards the future and, and some of your goals, Can you share a couple of items that are on your bucket list or things you hope to do over the next few years? It can be personal or professional. Yeah, I think professionally, you know, we are looking to grow the upside um, to be Canada's only online luxury reseller um, at scale. So we do believe that there is, you know, a 200 to $300 million market in the luxury resale industry in Canada that has not been tapped. So obviously, we would like to take the lion's share of that. And that's something that that we're excited about and we're working towards. Um, and I think personally, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, so much of your life is in, engulfed in your, in your business that, you know, personally, I think looking to a point when I can take a, call it two-week vacation and turn off my phone. <laughs> 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 Maybe a week. But you ask, you ask bucket list long term. Let's go two-week. I'm going to be a little greedy um, yeah. and turn off my phone and have no one bother me. That, that sounds nice. Maybe on a deserted island too, if I'm really going to throw something in there. Well, and you know what? You just preempted one of my questions because we ask this question of every guest on, on our podcast across the country. And it is, if you were dropped off on a beautiful tropical island and you didn't have any connectivity, but there was a phone booth and you could call for a pickup at any time, how long do you think you would stay and why? That depended how many books and cold rosé I had. But right now it feels like I'd stay like a long time. <laughs> I, was thinking, I don't need the phone. You can just take the phone. It's not going to get used. So um, that, that would be my answer right now. But, you know, we're going through a lot and a lot of big and exciting things, but it, it can be overwhelming too. So, so right now you could take the phone and I'll just stay with my book and rosé. Sounds pretty awesome. Especially, yeah. yeah, as we look forward to another winter here in Calgary, hey? Exactly. Yeah, that's another looming factor. Yeah. Well, our next questions are just what we call, um, you know, quick answer questions. Just love to hear off the top of your head uh, what you're currently reading and if you have a book you'd recommend to our audience. So I am currently reading, I just have one half of my summer fluff book left. So I'm reading Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine, but I just finished Educated and that was a phenomenal book by Tara Westover. I'd recommend that to anyone. And then as far as nonfiction, I have been picking away at scaling up it's called but it is a very um like educational textbook not an easy read a lot of information but you know i think even eo they really base all of their teachings around this book called scaling up so that that's one i'm trying to get through well and if you weren't doing what you do now for work what other career would you be in or what do you think you'd be doing for a profession I don't know. And I've thought about that quite a bit because as an entrepreneur, you know, there's always, you have to be okay with the fact that you can fail. And I think as women, we have a harder time accepting that. Um, You know, I would be on the ground kicking and screaming, but it could happen. And so, you know, when you you do have those thoughts of, you know, or even if I didn't get into this, what would I be doing? And I feel so lucky to say that I can't picture doing anything else. I love my job. It doesn't feel like a job, but I, I, I don't know. If you had one word to describe yourself, Lauren, what would that be and why? I don't know. Maybe charismatic. I think 
there's people that are much smarter than I out there. There are people who are much better at their specific profession. I think what I have been very good at and continue to be good at is connecting with people and growing the business in an authentic way that people, they have to believe your story as an entrepreneur, right? And it's at the end of the day, it's, it's your story that they're, they're buying into. So I think, you know, the ability that I have to connect with people has really helped me and got me to where and the business of where we are today. And with so much going on in your business that, that we've chatted about already today, what's keeping you up at night these days? Or are you one of those fortunate people that, that can put your head on the pillow and go to sleep at night? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> when you find them, let me know. And I'd like to have a conversation. Um, that is not me. What is keeping me up is we are taking, uh, we're, we're just growing really fast and we're taking a lot of big risks right now. You know, I think they're educated risks. I think we have a lot to support us and it's going in the right direction, but they're risks nonetheless. And, you know, it, it's come, it's at the point where we're ready to do it and ready to take the leap, but it's, it's still scary. So I think, you know, the, the negative self-talk and the voices in your head that can tell you, you know, what are you doing? And, you know, you can't do this and you just obviously we have to we have to overcome those, but those are, that's what definitely keeps me up at night is just a lot of the big decisions and what, where we're going. And it's always worse to reflect on those things at three o'clock in the morning when you're sleep deprived to begin with, right? Yeah, it's very true. And, and, yeah. and as someone with children, you get it. You know, it's bigger, bigger kids, bigger problems. So yeah. sometimes I look back to when we first started the things I thought that you know kept me up at night, and I'm, I wish I had those. <laughs> so when you're daydreaming about positive things, um, what is your where's your favorite place to go in the world, and and why would you choose that? Whether it's a place you've already been, or a place that you dream of going someday. I love Paris. You know, I lived there for two years and it really holds a dear space in my heart. And I think I was there at a time when I did a lot of self-growth and it was in my early 20s and you're kind of coming out of university into quote unquote the real world and just kind of coming into yourself. So I have a lot of, not all fond, but really, you know, vivid and good memories of Paris and where I was at in my life um, then. If I had to say, like, I love anywhere where sun and palm trees. So California. (laughs) If I, Hawaii, um, I think those are all my happy places. If there can be a beach and warm weather. That's where I'd choose to be. Especially in January, right? <laughs> I know. And it's pouring rain and gray here in Calgary right now. So even right now, it looks, sounds pretty nice. Do you have either a morning or evening routine where you have a few non-negotiables that just have to be part of either how you start or end your day? For my morning routine, um, if I don't exercise first thing, it's not happening. So I try to do that. I try to drop up my daughter and exercise. And prior to anyone else getting up, I like to have a coffee and I read um, the bullet. So it's a, an e-news publication that you get an email once a day and it kind of gives you an overarching idea of, of what's happening in the world. So, so I like to do that and have a coffee first thing and then kind of ease into my day and then get my exercise done. And then it's full on for the rest of the day. I'm wondering, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners or any other lessons you've learned as an entrepreneur before we wrap things up today? I think the only thing I would like to share is um, as an entrepreneur, why and when you start things, you know, to look back and see how maybe your idea of where your business is going and what what you're passionate about has changed. Um, You know, when we started the upside, I really was excited about being able to get a designer handbag for a fraction of retail (laughs) and through my own personal journey and through the journey of the upsides, um, the idea of 
being surrounded and supporting other female entrepreneurs and that collaboration has really become what I'm passionate about. So in our new space, we're actually building in um, somewhat of a co-working office space where it will be Calgary's most intimate collaborative female workspace. So we'll have 10 spaces available and half of those are already filled um, to where we look to have other female-led businesses in there and to be able to co-collaborate and get everyone's network involved. Uh, and vice versa. So, that, so that's something I'm I'm truly personally excited about. Is uh, I don't I wouldn't be here today um, with the upside if if I didn't have other women's support. Um, and so we look to kind of share that and, and bring it back to the community. That's wonderful. Well, how can our listeners, you know, find you online? Where can they get connected with you personally or uh, learn more about the upside? Can you share your contact information? For sure. So um, it's shoptheupside.com is our website and it's the same Instagram handle. So it's at shoptheupside. My personal Instagram is Lauren underscore Vaughn, Lauren with a Y. And that, that's pretty much the best ways, I would say. Well, Lauren, I've so enjoyed talking to you. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have as well. And we look forward to seeing what's next for the upside and, and catching up with you again. Great. Thank you so much for your time. Hey there, it's Bonnie Elchie. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a moment, please write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. And make sure you check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.